Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Rockwardness Podcast, where we take ourselves very seriously. Mm, and yes. every episode, we talk to a badass musician about their journey from the very dawn of their interest in music to the present, and they play us one of the first songs they ever wrote. We mm-hmm. are your hosts. I'm Rose Sean. I'm Terrence LeClaire. And I'm Tony Tancredi. Our guest today is Travis Miguel, who for the last 20 years has been the lead guitarist of the legendary metalcore band Atreyu. Yeah, Yeah, hell yeah. They've released eight albums, most recently in 2021, and they are on tour, which Travis actually wasn't allowed to announce when we spoke to him. Surprise. I know. And they're basically just back in a big way. So, Tony, how do you know this post-hardcore legend? Well, I met Travis through Tony Kim, me, uh, and I'm pretty sure the first time we ever hung out was at Not Scary Farm. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure up until we did this interview, I had maybe heard him say 12 words total, but um, I've definitely seen him slay on stage before, so I knew who he was. And you know what? We're super lucky to have 45 minutes of almost uninterrupted audio where Travis is talking most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. We do have a little bit of a disclaimer on this episode. We've been recording outdoors for maximum COVID chillness, so you may hear some atmospheric sounds Mm -hmm. from time to time. Immersive. And this particular episode was a real challenge. Uh, Luckily, Tony is a wizard, so you are hardly going to even know that the neighbor was grinding metal through the entire interview. But (laughs) hey, you know, that's podcasting in the wild, baby, and couldn't have chosen a better guest. Yeah, that's kind of perfect, too, that they were grinding metal for Travis's episode. That's the most metal thing. (laughs) Couldn't have chosen a better guest. It's true. Um, Thank you, neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, neighbor. Like a good neighbor. (laughs) Grinding metal is there. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk metal, but also supportive parents with Travis Miguel. I mean, I'd be upset if somebody broke my sitar, I suppose. For sure. I could imagine they're not cheap. Yeah. No. Probably, you know what? I bet they're really hard to tune. Are we, uh, are we rolling, Mr. Tony? We are rolling. Welcome, Travis. Travis, hello. hello. Awkwardness. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Where do we even begin, man? Well, I mean, you know, it seems like, uh, maybe we should start with Orange County. Orange County, but definitely, like, I, you know, always curious. So what was, like first instrument, first like, you know, what got you into the music from the very, very beginning? For me, it was the first time, if I can pinpoint any moment, uh, it would probably be the first time I saw the video for uh, One by Metallica. Yes. Um, Now at that, to put things into context at that time, the only thing I knew about metal was what was ever, whatever was on MTV because you know I'm child of the '80s or I was a young child in the '80s so you know a lot of us from our generation that's how we discovered music was MTV yeah so as far as metal goes MTV you know it was like all of the W bands as I call it so like Winger <laughs> Warrant White Snake like all that kind of stuff the yeah. W bands and I love that the um, you know and all their videos were like super colorful and glossy and chicks dancing on cars and the dudes in the band like you know playing up to the camera and you know making like kissy faces and stuff like that yeah i had that glam thing exactly yeah yeah. and the metallica video was not that yeah it was literally the complete opposite it was black and white um and it had interspersed footage from a movie called johnny got his gun which is you know, a super dark story. The video itself is, it's really dark. The subject matter is really dark. It's a, you know, it's about 
basically having your arms and limbs blown off and you know you can't see hear or speak and you're literally trapped inside your own body but you're still alive now as like <laughs> like an 11 year old kid <laughs> to try and process that it actually it it it's literally scared the shit out of me because i'd never you know thought of a concept that heavy and dark and it scared me but at the same time you know when you're that age you're kind of fascinated with the things that scare you. Yeah. So it definitely struck a chord with me. And from that point on, it was, you know, I was just anything. And this was obviously before the internet. So the only, like, pictures I saw of them or images I saw of them were from, like, magazines or, you know, publications, stuff like that. What was it about the music? Because, I mean, like, you could have seen, like, a horror movie, but it was particularly, like, the metal song. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it was the first time I had heard music that sounded like that. It was the first time I had heard palm muting yeah. on a guitar. The first time I had ever heard double kick. Yeah, I mean, there's like a blatant shot of Lars Ulrich's legs <laughs> doing that. And I was like, oh my God, wow, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know, you know, and then the song itself has that famous James Hetfield snarl. And I didn't know, I didn't know that kind of stuff existed. So my mind was just blown. Um and then um, from there, I kind of I graduated to what you know they call the big four. So like Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, and then it got it just kept getting heavier and heavier. <laughs> and I was you know I was listening to like Sepultura, who I still listen to to this day. And then yeah, I just kind of you know as I got older, I started branching out and discovering other stuff as well. Um, and through that time, I picked up a guitar. My sister was dating a guy at the time who played in bands. There's like punk bands or whatever, and she, sometimes she dragged me along to their rehearsal, and he he put a uh, he let me play the bass, and you know I was like I said like eleven twelve years old the bass was bigger than me, <laughs> and, I know that you know, I was trying to hold it and it just kept sliding down onto my lap and I'm you know but I I he taught me the the bass line to Wild Thing and it, which is literally three notes right. right? <laughs> I, could, I could kind of pluck along to it. What you know? kind of bass do you remember? It was I think it was just like a cheap. Squire, yeah, or something like that, <laughs> and he he actually let me take it home. Nice, Aww, along nice. with his, he had like a it was like a cheap Fender Strat as well. And Is he trying to recruit band members? Maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe. everybody like, needs here, a bass player, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I would he left it with me, and I would just sit in my room and just kind of try and figure out how the thing works you know like the tuning pegs i remember i'd not knowing how to tune a guitar at all and i would just look at a picture of a guitar and like try to match the position of the tuning pegs with <laughs> the picture and obviously it didn't work out yeah yeah um that's clever though yeah so um and then eventually i started taking guitar lessons and you know like learning your basic e major chord your a major chord and how to strum how to hold a pick and then I graduated to like actual private. These were like group, kind of like youth lessons. Like we're, the four other kids in the class, you know, they were roughly my same age. Um, and then I moved on to private lessons, and I started to kind of dive more into like the idiosyncrasies of the guitars, like more theory, more technique. Um, you know. Re actually reading sheet music. I took some classical stuff for a while. Um, you know, like I said, music theory. Uh, and at the time, music theory to me was like, I mean, I, I, I liked it when I understood it, 
But when I didn't understand it, it just pissed me off. <laughs> and it was like taking another math class. Yeah. I, I hated math <laughs> yep. as a kid. Yeah. So it kind of deterred me. And then I can I can uh, relate to that. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's it takes some smarts to kind of, you know, wrap your head around all that stuff. But then the final nail in the coffin was when I discovered like punk because yeah. you don't need any of that <laughs> for punk rock. And, you know, I was a teenager by then. And, you know, I just wanted to plug in and be loud. So, yeah, like, um, you know, I, I was wondering if, like, the whole time you're just kind of, like, learning to play guitar and the chords and you're like, okay, when do we get to metal, you know? Well, luckily, my the teacher I had, um, he he was, you know, very well-trained and all that stuff. But he was also, he had a metal side, too. Like, he kind of grew up on Priest and Iron Maiden. So when I'd bring in, you know, I want to learn this this Testament song, He'd be like, "All right," <laughs> because he got it too. Because he was that same kid, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and shout out to that teacher, man. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Eric Johnson. Eric, Eric Johnson. Johnson. Eric Johnson. It's not the actual. There's a famous guitar yeah. player named Eric Johnson. <laughs> it's not the same guy. You know, it's interesting. Like, I feel like uh, Metallica is sort of the gateway metal, at, and then metal is kind of seems to be like the gateway to being really serious about guitar. Mm -hmm. Cause even though it's like loud and raucous, it's still very much about these like chops. Right. Yeah. Very yeah. technical. Yeah. yeah. To add to that, I feel like punk is almost like sort of like the training wheels to metal where it's like, you can be loud, but it doesn't really matter if you're technically Well, on. it's just the training wheels in For general. For anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but then I you know, I <clears throat> eventually started playing in band or trying to find people to play in bands and you know when you're in a high school you know it's it's really hard to find a drummer yeah <laughs> because nobody's nobody's parents want a exactly. drum set in their yeah. house <laughs> and, i mean in fact if i looking back on it now i remember wanting to play drums for like when i was kind of discovering music and you know there's there's actual chance for me to actually maybe play music i wanted to be the drummer because you know just viciously bashing away at something just sounded very <laughs> yeah. cathartic mm -hmm. to that me. Lars double it pedal. Is. The double yep. pedal, the yeah. Double kick, the tuk, tuk, tuk. But yeah, it, you know, we didn't have the space at home and it would have been way too loud. And I had already kind of had a little bit of a head start with the guitar. So I figured, I'll just, I'll just stick with that. But yeah, I just kind of, you know, uh, bummed around and tried to get bands together nothing really ever happened. Were you writing songs back then? I was writing, I wasn't writing full on songs, but I'd kind of just, you know, be noodling around and play, you know, a riff that it, well, at least I thought was good for, you know, like a 16 year old kid. Do you have, do you remember any of those? You know, I, 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 unfortunately no. <laughs> um, I, in pre preparation for this podcast, I actually went to my parents' house to try to dig up See if I could find like old like uh, demos. It's amazing. Nice, thank you. Yeah, but, thank you. For yeah, that. Thank you. But alas, that's part of the exploration. I couldn't find anything. <sighs> but you tried. And I tried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, do appreciate I gave it that. the effort. Yeah. And at the very least, it's a visit. Right. I get there to hang out. The, the weather is beautiful right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's there's there's a silver lining to all of that. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of um, playing around in uh, a couple bands. One of them was called Notion. Which was kind of like a, um, it was it was like a wannabe saves the day meets grade with a little bit of like 
hardcore and emo. When I say emo, I don't mean like the swoopy hair yeah. and, right. and eyeliner. I'm like kind of more like the mid 90s, like Midwestern. Sunny like, day. Like sunny day. Yeah, really emo. Mineral, sure. yeah. get up kids, braid, yeah. stuff like that. And that kind of, it was actually with Tony Kim's bandmate. He Justin was the drummer for that. Oh, oh wow. wow. Um, so you were the other sticker yeah. band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that, Listen to Tony man, Kim's podcast. It's that, it's that Orange County connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Orange County, as far as the music scene goes, it's very incestuous. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like all music, the whole music industry is pretty. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a huge bubble, yes. but at the same time, kind of small. Yeah. Like, it's like micro bubbles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I was doing the Notion thing, and then I ended up joining a band called QB's Headset, which was with Bo Burchell, who was in Seosin. Again, it was with Tony's bandmate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was playing drums. And that we played like a handful of shows, tops, and it just kind of fizzled out. Um, and then I ended up working at Hot Topic. And, nice. And uh, this guy who worked there as well, uh, his name is Alex. He came up to me and he, he knew I played guitar. And he said, um, you know, my band, we're looking for another guitar player. Um, it's called Atreyu. I already knew who they were because I was, you know, not in the hardcore scene, but I listened to a lot of hardcore and I was very aware of what was going on. So I was familiar with the band. So he was like, yeah, you know, if you're not doing anything Sunday, come on by. Here's a CD, learn these songs. And... Um, a week goes by, I learned most of the songs, and um, I basically showed up as a complete stranger. Wow. Um, yeah, whoa. So we jammed that following Sunday, and um, they were just like, okay, cool, well, see you next week. And I was like, <laughs> nice. I, I got <laughs> it. You're yeah. in the band. You guys both worked at Hot Topic? Yeah. And you were how old at this time? Yeah, what year? Uh, I had to have been 20? 20, okay. 21 around there um and i didn't i didn't i wasn't expecting a whole lot to happen with it like probably you know obviously play shows in and around orange county maybe do some weekend warrior stuff here and there but i mean we were all you know going to school and um were you in college at the time yeah i was going to cal state fullerton oh nice um fullerton home offender yeah and atreyu was somewhat already established in Orange County as far as the hardcore scene goes. So that was like a big perk. Like I didn't have to do all that grinding. Yeah. You know, when you first start out, when you first start a band, you know, you got to start talking to other bands and do, you know, hustle and do all that stuff. Right. All the sticker stuff. The all the sticker stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sticker wars. Yeah. Sticker wars. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Right. So you, they had you, already laid the ground and I just kind of jumped they'd already put on up a train that was already moving. Yeah. Were you doing a lot of that for your old bands? Were you kind of like the head person, like kind of like Tony, our Tony's kind of like that guy? Back then, like none of us, we, we had no clue how to do that. You know, we were just um, trying to get on shows whenever we could. Um, but, um, you know, like I said, Atreyu had kind of already done that. So, um, that, like I said, that was a big perk. And we just kept, you know, playing shows. And um, eventually, you know, like we got a, an offer to play in Las Vegas with Poison the Well. And, like, that was huge yeah. for us. Like, that's the, you know, oh, my God, yeah. we get to play in Vegas? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's four hours away. Like, that's almost like touring. <laughs> Did you guys have a van or somebody's? At that time, no. 
um, we all just drove ourselves out there. Wow, um, with your own gear. Yeah, but it was it was cool. It was like you know when you're young and you're at that age, like that's that's, that's amazing. That's oh, yeah, you no, made it. Yeah, play, you made playing it. an out of town show is a big it's deal. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know one thing led to another, and then uh, we um, I think if I remember correctly, we sent demos out to like all of the like punk and hardcore labels one of them not being victory records because victory records at that time that was like that's you know that was the holy grail yeah (laughs) Yeah. so it wasn't even like on our radar but somehow uh somebody at victory got a hold of the demo and hit us up and you know again one thing led to another and we signed to victory when on our first tour, I remember taking my last final, and which I'm about 99.9% sure I failed miserably, <laughs> and went straight from the classroom to our drummer's house where our van, which we eventually got, uh, and got in the van and then just started touring. And Amazing. I haven't been in a classroom since. Nice. <laughs> so it's um, you know it's like that Victory Records. Like there was the DVD or something, or there was like some kind of like their the ads and everything. It was really like an introduction for so many people. Like much yeah. like that one video on MTV. There's a whole generation of people that just remember the Victory Records, like mm-hmm. the DVD, the commercials. You know, like oh, the compilations. Yes. CDs were huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh yeah, there was definitely a moment where like. If you were a kind of new up and coming band, you had to be on like a compilation CD yeah. from some trusted source. Exa- yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, obviously this was before streaming and well, the internet in general, really. But I mean, a lot of us, that's how we discovered bands was, you know, and, you know, you'd usually get those compilation CDs like in a magazine for free yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or something. So, and you had, it, they usually had like 20, 25 songs. Yep. Yeah. I had a lot of those. It's like this one band that you like recognize, but then you end up loving all the other bands. Exactly. Like getting to right. Them, yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They put like one Flaming Lips song on there. So you'll be like, oh, maybe I'll put this in. And then it's like, yeah, I, I Paste Magazine was like that for me. And then I... Uh, like Virgin like, Megastore would do or, that, or like random like a shoe company or something. Like I don't know, maybe Vans probably, but uh, yeah, I I actually kind of I still have a number of compilation CDs that I kept because I'm like I don't know where else this song exists. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so what year was that with Victory Records? Uh, that would be I think it was like late 2001, early 2002, and I remember. When the because my I was under the impression that you know well okay prior to that I wasn't actually one hundred percent sure that I should do it that I should sign and be in a touring band because I was trying to finish college I think I had like a semester left. What were you studying? Communications. Oh wow. Oh me too. Um, <laughs> High five. <laughs> but uh, and you know I was I was really really torn like should I try and go for this you know pipe dream of being in a touring band that probably won't amount to anything or do the more responsible thing and finish school and get my shit together and you know be an adult and get in <laughs> and the adult be a war. person with a with a liberal arts degree <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no with, real skills right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hear it was kind of like I, I was gonna lose either way <laughs> i mean um, it's true it's taking such a risk because you don't know how it's gonna turn out right yeah you know and it just seems like okay like you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the chances a Treyu becomes this world famous band? You right. Know, like, yeah. And I remember asking my parents, like, 
I don't know what to do. Like, I have this opportunity to be in this band, but I should do the responsible thing. And my parents were like, dude, Get the hell out of here. Yes. <laughs> like go tour. Go yeah, see. Get on your parents, man. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. They were I was actually I was actually kind of scared to ask them because, you know, I I was under the assumption that they'd be like, No, you know, that's yeah. that's stupid. That's, that's never not gonna work out. Yeah. yeah. But they were one hundred percent on board. Um that's great. Love so, supportive parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Shout out. And they you know, they still come to shows. And oh, they, do they? They get a kick out of it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, do great. they? They must be so proud. Yeah, they must be so proud. But do they? I mean, Atreyu is like pretty heavy music. Do they enjoy that, or do they just like wear cans and smile? They they are more so stoked on the fact that that it's all happening. Their little boy, yeah, yeah. So son, yeah you're up there, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, eh, that's amazing. Why does he have to scream so much? <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of that. We're proud of you, honey. But yeah. does he have to scream? Mom, so much? listen. Yeah, <laughs> um, you don't get it. Mom. Yeah, yeah. We're tortured soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's cool because you're like the forever like teenager. You get to stay, that, communicate that. Yeah. Oh, um, that, that's awesome. So right before Atreyu, like before that audition came along, which went well, um, <laughs> were you working on anything musically on your own or playing with anybody? Um, not really. I was busy with school yeah. or at least pretending to be busy right. at school. Yeah. Um, and I was working too, so, um, that kind of got in the way of, you know. It kept calling you. It did, yeah, <laughs> it did. Um, but, you know, it all ended up working out, so. I mean, there's day, I have been doing this for so long now that everything is kind of second nature. Happy 20th anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, oh right. dude, Wild. yes. Two yeah. decades. Um. But yeah, like you know, like I said, we've been doing it for so long. It almost there's times where I forget that there there was a life before Atreyu for me, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and I still have to pinch myself, you know, like dude, I still get to do this. That's amazing. You know? um, and not to say that it's been smooth sailing the whole time. I mean, there's there's no matter what, if you're in a band, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be obstacles and um, you know, I mean, we were all really young when we started and we all, you know, over the course of our career, I mean, we, we were literally went from being boys to becoming men mm -hmm. while being in this band, you know, like we're all married. A few of us have kids. Um, if you told me that, if you told me 20 years ago that I'd still be doing this, yeah. I probably would have laughed in your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know, I was under the impression that okay, we'll get we'll get signed, we'll record an album, do some touring, and then we'll probably just go back to school or work. But it didn't pan out that well, way. Well, I mean, honestly, though, that's that's healthy expectation management. Really, yeah. it is. You know? honestly, I mean, yeah. even, <laughs> even at that young of an age, I was very much. Uh, I mean, I'm inherently a cynical person, mm -hmm. and a bit on the pessimistic side. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a defense mechanism that I created in my head when I was a little kid. Um, but even, yeah, even then I was like, you know, with the chances of us quote unquote making it, like it's probably not going to happen. And I still don't even really know what making it is because my oh. expression, <laughs> my expectations were like, be, I just wanted to play a show when I was a kid. Like I would have, I just want to play one show whether it's a showcase or chain reaction, wherever, I just want to play and show in front of people. If I can just do that, 
just once I'll be satisfied. But I love that, like, in spite of the pessimism, like, massive, like, little kid dream come true kind of magic happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it was, yeah, my, it was something that I just thought was too good to be true. Like, awesome Still. stuff, like, awesome stuff like that doesn't happen to a guy like me. Well, you know I, mean? I mean, it just, you know, it, it happens to like people in the movies. Right. And then, and then I think like, like you said, like what is making it even mean? Because I think like the reality is that, um, making it is not one, one thing or one time. For me now that I'm quite a bit older, like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there were moments where, you know, you fantasize about, you know, like I said, quote unquote, making it and being rich and famous and, you know, you're a household name now, which didn't exactly happen for us, which is fine. But, you know, the only thing that I think we can strive for now is just longevity, you know? And I think, I mean, for the most part, we have, I mean, it's been 20 years. Yeah. A lot of the bands that we toured with way back in the early days been long gone for years yeah I, yeah i'll go ahead and say 20 years is longevity like oh yeah <laughs> i, I you hear did the it. pessimism still happening so yeah i mean i'm like i said i'm super stoked that we still i still get to do this because god forbid i get a real job <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't have any well, other job I, skills but i think that's also like um you know a thing you understand as an older person and also as somebody who's like now had like a real life music career is like, you know, the sort of like Motley Crue version of making it is, is, is one version, but really, I mean, just being a professional musician, like being a person who gets played, uh, paid to play music as a job and doesn't have to have another job is like pretty sick. And like, that's the holy grail to a lot of people. And so it's maybe not like what teenagers imagine when they're like learning Metallica riffs in their bedroom, but it's like awesome that right. you can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, was there any song that you wanted to like play for us? Well. From the early days? From the early days, early days. <laughs> I'm literally doing this completely from memory. Yes. yes that's what we like. And that's the best. <laughs> my memory as I'm, you know. I'm not a spring chicken anymore, so my memory is a well, I little... Think we're, I think we're the same age. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> my memory is a little shot. So, yeah, I mean, to put this into context, you're just going to have to picture a 15-year-old me being really stoked on this. Doing it. Okay. Fight. Okay. Here we go. So it went something like this. Uh, let's see.
something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the abridged version, a very sloppy abridged version. But like I said, it's been 20 years. That's and amazing. I don't even remember what I had for dinner last night. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, like, you know, for the non-musician listeners, like, even the pros have to practice. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, like, a specific that's thing. That's the, the one... <laughs> One silver lining about this whole pandemic thing is that I've had nothing but time on my hands. So yeah. I've been actually playing a lot more guitar lately. Yeah. Was was there, I mean, oh, I I love that because that, I could really hear like the kind of like sunny day, like kind of like it had those like. The chimey kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just, was that done like full on like, you know, distortion pedals and stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like an overdriven like yeah. rock sound. Um, and I think I, Probably wrote that probably like the same week I discovered Sunny Day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, but like yeah. I feel like that's how you learn, though. Yeah. That is very much like how you kind of learn music is by, you know, listening to and sometimes totally emulating, like, especially when you're young. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And was that something you wrote for a band you were in? That was for that band Notion, which uh, Tony Kim's drummer nice. played in. Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. And what was the song called? I don't remember. Well, I don't were there remember. any words to it? There was, and I'm assuming they were probably about some girl breaking some dude's heart or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like a safe bet. Yeah, <laughs> most likely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was writing about Russian literature when I was 15, but I know that's weird. No, that's great. I mean, it's funny because it's like it's a real. I mean, it's really catchy. It sounds great, and it, but it's like you're like, yeah, I was listening to Sunny D Real Estate like the day before. It's like, oh. Well, sure, that checks out. Right, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wish I could hear the lyrics because, like, I feel like that's, like, where you really know. Where you're at yeah, at that like, time. That's yeah, like, that's what yeah, yeah. really tells you the time period. Well, is, can people hear the song anywhere? Like, is Notion? I don't think so. I I mean, I like I said, I don't, I couldn't find our, you know, sure, the, the yeah. CDR. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure there's some friend that I had at one time might have. I mean, would it, would it even, it wouldn't even be on MySpace probably. No, no, Yeah, too early. This is pre-MySpace. Yeah. 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 Pre-Friendster. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, there was just, you know, just a few year margin where it's like the difference between like your music being on the internet forever and then just like lost to history. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, the techno or, you know, the evolution of how we consume music now has changed in such a small window of time you know it's it's a tricky it's tricky waters to navigate because it's constantly changing and you have to adapt or die i mean it can be exhausting trying well, to keep up with everything you know and, and and in turn it becomes super discouraging and you know it's i mean it's it's super easy for like literally anybody to get their music out there now and with that being said it's like it's almost like there's too much. Yeah, it's a bit oversaturated. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it, it's easier to put out your music. I think it's harder to get it heard. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Algorithmically yeah. speaking. Well, for yeah. the Spotify <laughs> thing, what you could do is just take a song and chop it up in 10-second bits and put all of them out as individual songs. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be tons surprised. Of plays. That, that's that's kind of genius. That, that could work for one person, maybe. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'll it, try it. it's interesting, though, because we were talking about the compilation CDs earlier, and and and... It's still kind of the same thing, right? Because now if you want to get, if you're like a newer band and you want to get your song heard, you need to get on a curated playlist. Right. Yeah, playlist And it's that same thing. It's, it's, that it's the It's the Paste Magazine CD. It's the Spotify, you know, Indie Chill Out or, you know, Femme Fatales or whatever the fuck. Um, but it's true that algorithm, like, because, I mean, like I do Discover Weekly and all that stuff and I just kind of 
you know, water my algorithm, <laughs> you know, like a garden well, just to kind of like make sure it brings me some good stuff. You know? <laughs> Gotta nurture your algorithm. Yeah. Like I'm curious to see what Spotify starts offering me now that I've been looking up uh, Dance with the Dead and Atreyu and some of the like associated acts because that's very different from what my algorithm generally gives me. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty much all Phoebe Bridgers all day, <laughs> uh, like aggressively pushing Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> at me. But, you know, when you're on your, like, Discover Weekly, you want to maybe, like, discover something new. But right. I, I feel like I'm going to... Discover gonna, the songs <laughs> you like. I Well, I feel like I'm going to start discovering metal bands because I've been looking, you know, I've been, like, a... Well, yeah, we love Warrior. Like, we were talking about that song. It's mm. a banger. Thank you. you. Know? Yes, it and is a banger. Are you guys... So, was anything... Because that album came out 2020 or 2021? Or? Uh, it came out uh, last June. Pre-pandemic, we went into the studio... Um, and started writing and recording, and then we took a short break because we went. We had some shows in Australia, mm-hmm. and right before we left for Australia, that's when the whole you know everybody was talking about this COVID thing. Was it March? Uh, it was. I think it was late February. Oh, we so it's like there. right before. Yeah, and so while we were over there, it was you know the whole world was like, okay, this is serious, and we were kind of concerned. Like, are we even gonna? get to go home or do yeah. we have to stay here? Yeah. And I mean, being stuck in Australia is... I <laughs> that sounds much, like the best case scenario. Yeah, I can think of much worse opinion, places but, to be yeah. stuck. Um, but yeah, sure enough, we got home and then literally a couple days later, the whole world shut down. Wow. And so we had to take... And we were planning to go back into the studio, but we kind of had to put that on hold just to kind of see how things were going to pan out because that was when, you know... Everybody shelter in place, don't go anywhere, stay six feet apart. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just waited it out for a month or two, and then we all felt comfortable going back into the studio. So uh, we finished finished the record, and then we kind of just sat on it for seven, eight months. So like, what do we do now? Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how do you release an album in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, when you can't tour to support it. or yeah. yeah. So... uh, yeah, we just kind of held out for as long as we could and then uh, released it last June. Like and, two months ago. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. And um, the touring stuff is, well, we're, we had our hopes up. I mean, we still have tours booked, um, but now we're just kind of seeing what happens. Yeah. So fingers crossed all the touring stuff goes well. Am I making this up? Did I read a rumor that like, I thought that, like a like a rumor that your band broke up? No. Well... We, in, let's see, when was it? 2010, we went on a extended hiatus because at that point, you know, it was write an album, tour the album, um, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, so you, you were know. probably exhausted. Right, so yeah. we were all just kind of fried and we all noticed that we were kind of just phoning it in. Um, so we decided to just kind of step away from Atreyu because, you know, we all had homes that we didn't even get to live in anymore because we were constantly, you know, doing stuff. So we kind of wanted to take a break and stop and smell the roses. Um, and we didn't set an, an actual window of time or anything. We just said, all right, let's all go do our own thing and we'll get back together, reconvene when the time is right, if that even happens. Um, God, that's so healthy. It is. I mean, looking, <laughs> it was scary at first. Um, but looking back on it now, I'm, I'm glad we did. Um, was there any kind of like, 
you didn't have any kind of contractual obligations anymore at that point. You could just kind of like no, our our album cycle was winding down at that time, and it just it just seemed like the right thing to do, just for our own sake, really. Well, everybody's talking about it now, but that mental health break. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that was you were I think going that was for very, ten years. I think that was ten very years wise. Is a long time. <laughs> yeah, so it ended up being about about a four year hiatus. And um, we just decided to uh, get the get the machine going again. But that goes by fast four years, you know, because it's funny, like four years, like when you're a teenager, that's your entire life. Yeah. Because it is. It's right. like a, a fifth of your yeah. life, yeah. you know. Yep. But like as you get older, four years is like, you know. It's a season. <laughs> it's yeah. a season. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like we were talking about before, like this whole pandemic thing, like time has flown by. But it's also just dragged. Oh yeah! At the same time, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I keep feeling these weird like moments of, <laughs> of both of those sensations like d- at different times, and then, or just especially after like I first got vaccinated and things started to kind of open up a little bit, it felt like this unreality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 before I mean before that the idea of taking time off I like I think that's why I'm so like amazed that you guys did that in like 2010 because I feel like the hustle culture if you don't strike while the iron's hot or if you don't like keep producing while you're you know while you have momentum or whatever and I I think the silver lining of the pandemic is that like we got we kind of got to understand as a culture that like you can come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, I mean, you, you weren't doing nothing you started another band, right? Well, I had, yeah, I had, it's more of, it was just kind of like a passion. Sort of a super, sort of a super group. Kind. I mean, super group, meaning a bunch of guys from other bands that nobody had really ever heard of. I mean. (laughs) There's that pessimism again. Yeah, I know. Listen to you. I appreciate the humility. Uh, (laughs) Who are like the different guys? So, uh, my friend, uh, Bob Bradley, who's friends with Tony Kim as well. Um, he and I, we've, we toured together. He was in a band called Scars of Tomorrow who were part of the Orange County hardcore scene. Um, and he and I kind of, we shared the same brain as far as um, our musical tastes. Mm-hmm. So he and I decided to just kind of put some together just for fun. I mean, we weren't planning on like, you know, touring the world or, you know, world dominance or anything like that. It was just for fun. Um, and I'm, I'm still doing that to this. Actually, one of the productive things I did during the pandemic was write uh, a whole album oh, worth wow. of music for that, which we'll be recording, start recording next month, I believe. So I had that to keep me busy. And then during Atreyu's hiatus back in 2010, I think like a year or two had gone by. And that's when I really started getting like a little antsy and, you know, I need to do something. Uh, so I ended up touring with a band called Trapped, who I was friends with, or still I'm friends with the bass player. Uh, it wasn't really musically my thing. Um, I was I was like familiar with maybe one of their songs, but I figured I could play guitar and get paid. And you know they were on a tour bus, so it's not like I'd be slumming it. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So you know why not? It's a good gig. Yeah. Um, so I did that for about a year and a half, and then um, after that year and a half, that's like right when Atreyu decided to get back together. So I just said, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I gotta Thank. go. I gotta yeah. go back to my, my regular job. Now. Goodbye and thanks for the fish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's that energy of just kind of like, yeah, I'm good, and it's like, oh no, we're starting to lose Travis. Let's bring it back. <laughs> to yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh God, Travis is in another band. So funny story. Uh, Chris Taylor Brown is a good friend of mine's brother. Ah, okay. So I saw like when I when I saw in the on the internet that you had toured with them, I was like, wait, isn't that... <laughs> yeah, he's had an interesting year. <laughs> uh, well, it's... Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but, um, you know, uh, one of our mutual friends, I guess is Facebook friends with him, and it kind of said, like, oh, man, some of the stuff he posts, like, but that was pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and I guess 2020, it all really blew up. Yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that I was kind of... Out of that picture, well, just, when it, it happened in down. the pre-Trump era, yeah. that you're lucky, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and you know, it's I have no idea what this is, but uh, probably going to be Googleable. Well, yeah. oh, it oh, is definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, how was that touring with somebody who's so uh, enthusiastic about like courting conflict? Honestly, when that's kind of the the funny thing. Prior to me playing with Trapped, I had never really toured or played in another band other than you know the bands from my teenage years right so it was in a way it was a it was a good i i like to look at it as like a learning experience you know um even down to the fact that for 90 percent of the set i was the only guitar player where previously i always have dan our other other guitar player i could look over and he's to my right so even that in itself was like a learning experience. I'd like, You're a little more, more on your own. Yeah, more yeah. weight on my shoulders. So, you know, if if anything, I think, I, or at least I like to think that it made me a better guitar player slash musician and even um, kind of throwing myself into that situation, learning how to tour with this whole new entity. You know, because it, like bands, when they tour, it's like... Um, you know, there's different dynamics between different people. It's like walking, you know, walking into another family. Like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. there's different dynamics between different people, and this is how it works. And um, but when I was touring with them, I honestly I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with Chris Taylor Brown um, because he was at the time doing like all the management stuff, all the you know, the behind the scenes stuff. So he was just constantly, you know, on his phone, on his computer, working in the back lounge of the bus and stuff. So I just, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I, I, I'll, <laughs> you weren't really I'll shooting play guitar the and yeah. you know, that's, I'm, I'm essentially a hired gun, Yeah, you know, which yeah. was totally fine with me. That's all I wanted. Anyway. Yeah. Gosh, did it, um, did going back to Atreyu, did you really appreciate them more after yeah. that experience? <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, like I said, it was when Atreyu, started to get the ball rolling again. It was like, okay, I get to go home now. Yeah. Nice, that's a home. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can go home again, actually. Right, and I'm, <laughs> I'm extremely thankful for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's so. that's wonderful. I mean, that's great. Like, I, th- I would say even just, like, in friendships in my life, like, there were times where I just, like, needed a break, and, and that was it, and then everything was fine. I can only imagine when there's, you know obligations on top of that like real obligations like mm-hmm. outside Kids. contractual <laughs> right. you know yeah. no you need to deliver this album or you need to you know you need to go on this tour you need to do this uh that could really stress even the best rapport absolutely yeah so you got to kind of like 
do your like creative side project and yeah, then what's go, the creative like, side project's name? It's called Fake Figures. Fake Figures. Yeah. Well, Justin was in that band, yeah. Again, Justin. Pointer. Just, it, all, it all points back, back to, to Justin Pointer. Can't get away from that guy. It all points back to Justin Pointer. He's the, <laughs> he's he's the pointer. The, yeah. the, the, the hub of the Orange County wheel. And you wrote this whole, you have a whole album ready for Fake Figures. Ready to be recorded, yeah. That's so cool. Recorded. Like, I mean, is anything of it you can share right now? or Not really. It's top secret. But at least we'll keep an eye out for fake figures. Yeah, um, like I said, we're uh, we're gonna start recording uh, in September. But it's all, ex- you know, it's all DIY. We're not signed. We're, yeah, it's you know, which um, in in a way is kind of it's nice because there's no deadlines. There's oh no, yeah, we get to work at our yeah. own pace if we want to. You know, just kind of chip away at it because you know the other dudes in the band have you know they've all got jobs and you know, kids and stuff like that. And so. other bands. <laughs> probably. Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, well, Justin does and you do. <laughs> <laughs> we're all, yeah, musical sluts. Yes, double so. dipping. What, mean, what, what, what genre is this? Um, I've tried to explain it to people. Uh, I, it's basically like if um, a bunch of old hardcore dudes worshipped at the altar of Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. So, I love that. Um that's essentially what it is. I think, nice. that, I think that might be, that's in my top three, like, uh, elevator pitches, what kind of <laughs> <laughs> that I've ever heard. Because that's, that's one of those questions that's, like, always kind of makes you freeze a little bit. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I mean. But that's a great way to put it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. What do you play? Moody indie rock. Oh, really? You and five fucking thousand other people. Like, good for you. Uh, no, but that's great. Uh, old hardcore dudes worshiping at the altar of Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. That's you know what that means, right? It, at least yeah, in yeah. like a yeah, like you a, can, an yeah, emotional a, sense. You can get at least a. a a good idea of what's going to go on. Yeah, it's, your, it's your entry ticket, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and you're playing guitar, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yep. what's what's Justin playing? Justin was playing drums. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's back to the d- old school drums. Yeah. So, yep. so writing wise, though, um, do you do you involve yourself in the lyrics at all, or are you just like a melody and guitar guy? I'm mostly, I'd say like ninety nine point nine percent guitar. If, um, you know, if somebody needs a suggestion or something for like the top line lyrics or whatever, I'll chime in as best as I can. But that's definitely not my forte. I wish it was, um, and maybe at some point I'll dive a little deeper into that world. Um, but for now, I mean, just give me a guitar and I'll do the best I can. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever? Uh, do you? Do you ever? Or did you ever sing? No. Or not, even try? Not re- no. no. I mean, I my a lot of my friends make fun of me like. The dude barely talks. I think he's going to sing. Oh, I did see that you're the mysterious one. <laughs> I guess. That's I don't know. Hilarious. I mean, there's like pretty much every band that I've ever been in, like everybody likes to talk. So I'm just like, all right, you guys do the yeah, talking. I love that. I'll just right. like, all right, I'm going I'm to stay over here. I'm just going to chill. Yeah. And I've, I've been like a quiet guy ever since I was little. Like my older sister was a, a total drama nerd. And so she was always like, oh, hey, hi, how you doing? And my mom would laugh because she's like, I got one kid that won't shut the fuck up and one kid you can't get a word out of. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, we're yeah. so glad you talked to us, man. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. I feel like that's such a great way to wrap it up. Yeah, um, God, I, I, I wish uh, I wish we could hear some some of the new fake figure stuff, but I understand. <laughs> well, no, but hey, we'll wait. Something to look well, forward to. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll put yeah. it in the show notes. Yes. And it's really cool because... 
like Travis said, you know, like we're used to hearing him play guitar all the time and not talk. And for this podcast, he specifically <laughs> talked the <laughs> whole time. The most yeah. I've ever heard him say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I Thanks know. so Look, much, yes. Travis. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so Travis. for having me. This is you cool. Rule. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for putting up with all the oh, man, ambiance. A, a wild <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> all is good. A wild Friday night. Thank you. There you go. Yep. Travis. You got to interview the quiet one. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I feel kind of honored, honestly. Yeah, that's uh, perfect. It's, I feel it, I feel privileged. Yeah. Uh-huh. And again, you know, with the Orange County Sticker Wars. That's heard right. Heard about that last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've done a few of these now, and I just love how certain things come up again and again, like punk as a gateway, supportive parents, cool older siblings, squire starter packs. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Shout out, Squire. That's right. You know, we mentioned in our last episode with Tony Kim of Dance with the Dead that Travis and Tony carpooled to our session. and you know, So cute. Yeah, we thought that was pretty cute. But, you know, also efficient. They drove it a long is. way. It Gas. saved fuel, you yeah. know. Carbon footprint. That's right. That's That matters to us here on Rockwardness. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're um, heroes. They were <laughs> they're heroes. <laughs> they were basically sitting across from each other for both interviews, so you should make sure you check out Tony's episode as well. That's Tony Kim, who's me. Yeah, yeah that's me. Tony Kim, a.k.a. <laughs> me. Um, According to Tony. It's yes. <laughs> life, life according to Tony, our spin-off <laughs> podcast. But seriously, existing as a band for 20 years is no small feat, and Atreyu has really stood the test of time. They're on tour this month and next. Follow them on Instagram at Atreyu Official for all the deets. Um, his side project, Fake Figures, with Dance of the Dead drummer Justin Pointer, because Woo. Orange County, yeah, uh, also has new music coming out this year. So follow them to stay in the know. Cannot wait. And follow us on Instagram yeah. yes. and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review if you're liking what you're hearing. It really helps us get the word out. And thank you for listening. We have a very special double episode next week with AO and Alexander Holden. Yeah. Woo. Talk to you soon. Bye.